0: With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace
1: is a
0: place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.
2: The RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by No Halftime, the newest way to create fantasy challenges for one on one matchups. Download it today at NoHalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Machardi, as we cover the Wednesday NBA DFS slate and break down the uh, latest plays for you, top options, cash games, and GPPs. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh HayesFS. Don't forget the Roar Wire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to review us, rate us, please go ahead and subscribe and share with your friends. Benicio, are you ready for some Wednesday NBA, sir?
3: You know I am. I'm a little bit fired up today. I've been uh, mainlining Red Bull most of the day. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well I'm going to try to like keep the reins on on the on the cart, which is bad news for me in general because I'm the one who's always tangenting off on on random stuff. Anyhow. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and dive right in here. Point guard position, full slate, uh, just about here for the uh, for Wednesday. A lot of games in action, and uh, let's talk. Uh, start at the point guard like we always do. Top cash and GPP option for you for today.
3: Um, the one guy who I've actually really been looking at, and it's more based on. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's only based on price because he's been playing really well too. Is Brandon Knight? I think he's a little bit too cheap for the production that he's been coming up with lately obviously we don't have the exact prices for the Wednesday slate yet but if he's still in that like 66 sixty $6, nine hundred range um, I think he's pretty interesting option here going up against uh, Sacramento Sacramento's point guard defense hasn't been all that great it's a uh, you know a team that you usually expect to see point guards do a little bit better than their averages against so if you can get and, and again Knight's been playing really well so if he can get me somewhere in like the 30. 5 to 40 point range, which is a little above where he's been averaging in recent games. Um, I think for his price, he could be probably the best value at the point guard position. Now, there are some guys up at the top that you obviously have to look at. Um, I mean, Russ Westbrook is out of his mind. Got a tough matchup with Kyle Lowry. I actually like both of those guys. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, you know, Lowry is a much better defender than Westbrook, obviously, but, you know, Westbrook just does so much and has been so good that. You know, he's somebody to consider. You also have another great point guard matchup with uh, Steph Curry and Chris Paul going up against each other. Um, Golden State, very good defensive efficiency, so I don't know if I love Chris Paul in this game. You know, Steph Curry has been just, you know, in a, in another world right now to start the season. I mean, I, I saw a stat the other day that he has... Um, the most, the only other guy who had more points through the first four games of an NBA season was Michael Jordan, a couple, um, you know, in the middle of his career when he was in his prime. I mean, that's some pretty lofty company to be in right there. Mm -hmm. But again, Chris Paul defense is not something I usually mess with. So I don't know if I really want to look at him. So Mm -hmm. the guys at the top end, um, if I was paying up from Brandon Knight, I'd probably be looking at Westbrook and wall. Uh, wall to me is a great GPP play. Mm -hmm. Uh, San Antonio plays, you know, at a very high efficiency rate on offense, and they do actually have a little bit of a faster pace than people give them credit for. Washington is more of a slowdown team, so I think that's a paced-up game for Washington. And in paced-up games, you usually want the guy who's got the ball in his hands the most because he's usually the one who benefits the most. And in this case, that's John Wall. So he's a guy that I'm definitely going to be rolling in GPPs. Um, Him and Knight, like I said, is the guy who I kind of like for cash games also think you could take a look at uh, you know some of those other guys that are a little bit cheaper, like the Alfred Payton and uh, George Hill kind of range. I think some of those guys might be decent options uh, for this slate as well.
2: Yeah, those make a lot of sense for me uh, overall. I like the wall call, uh, and I'm with you. Chris Paul has perennially been like um, last season he finished, or or the Clippers anyhow, finished number two in, point, in fantasy points allowed to the point guard position. So you really don't want to mess around in that spot. He's always there at the top. Um, I, I and some, something else to note too. Um, Milwaukee Bucks finished one overall. That's Michael Carter Carter Williams. Uh, for all the people who hate on him offensively and not, him not being able to uh, make a you know an outside shot or turn the ball over, he is a basically like a three playing the point guard position. He's just super long wingspan and a, a problem on defense, just like a, a Tintin Kupo, So, which is part of the, what makes them hit, attractive as you know um, defensive plays, but not so much. For the uh, you know on the offensive side of the ball, so th- th- just sliding here down to the second uh, area, I want to take a look at some of these potential options. I still think that uh, mo Williams overall is a little bit mispriced, uh, given his uh, uh, availability. Um, to try to let me see if I can reference back to the Monday prices, just so and just a note uh, for those of you who don't haven't recognized yet, we always generally use. Um, the slate a day ahead of time so it's actually tuesday we're recording for wednesday so we can get this show to you as uh, early as possible yeah 5300 by the way on mo williams on DraftKings for the monday price so i don't expect him to be priced up too much higher than that still in the 5k ish range which means he's going to be a cash and gpp in, in my mind are you good with him in cash and gpp
3: uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as long as his price is down there, as long as he's still playing, you know, a ton of minutes, yes. obviously the Nick point guard is a mess. So the yeah, Calderon good. can't guard anyone. Yeah. So, you know, Sa- Sasha can't either. So their whole backcourt is basically defensive, uh, you know, deficient.
2: Right. And just to reference that, to back the numbers up by that, uh, 24th in the league in fantasy points allowed to, uh, the point guard position for the New York Knicks last year. So that was Jose Calderon. That was Shane Larkin. That was everybody who was... A mess, and they're a lot of that, and that basically their point guard position hasn't got any better uh, this year. Another guy I, I sort of want to point out here that uh, makes some sense for me too. Rajon Rondo has been an absolute monster to to start the season. Uh, he's there's a lot of talk about him working on his jump shot, and he's actually starting to bear, bury from like 18 to 20 feet out. I'm not saying he's his jo- jump shot's completely fixed because he doesn't really have three point range. But the free throws look a little bit better, and the outside jumper does look a little bit better. And this so um, the, you know, you take it as biased information as you want. Having said that, Demarcus Cousins has been ruled out for at least two games, and he has taken um, a good portion of the scoring load upon himself as well. So if you're going to get Rajon Rondo at a reasonable price as well and like looks like the for for basically the first three day three yep 56 56 and 5800 to open the season so he's right there in that affordable 5k range so if you feel like you want to pivot off of mo williams for whatever reason i don't know why you would against the knicks um there's another good option if you want to go double cheap at point a point guard. i don't mind that if you have some other uh anchor plays that you want to talk about so we'll try to sift through those any other um home run plays that you can make a case for or are we good here
3: yeah, I mean, you know, Jared Bayless is somebody who's been interesting recently. Yes. He's been putting up some pretty big numbers and he's obnoxiously cheap. But
2: thirty two hundred on Monday, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean I until I see the pricing and make sure that he hasn't really jumped up, I, I you know, I don't know you know, it's not like he well, the other day I think he had thirty something, but I mean normally he's a guy who's probably in that twenty range, so if he's much more than four thousand he jumps up to, I don't know if I would be able to use him. But if he's still under four thousand, I, I definitely think if you're looking for a cheap guy that can get you value and you know allow you to fit in whatever stud you want to get in on that day, you know, I, I don't hate him with the minutes that he's been getting and, you know, what he's been doing with him.
2: Yeah, I think that, that definitely makes a sense as sense there as well. And so just following that formula there, basically we're taking a look at guys who are still underpriced, who are in starters' roles that can have a much better shot at getting that five to six X price tag and higher and so we've outlined some of those players as well and then you have obviously you know steph curry westbrook wall um you know who are um top options any day that they're on the slate you're gonna see steph curry get into like ridiculous price range pretty soon so we'll stay tuned for that because he's and it's
3: not like when i say when i say i don't like steph because he's got chris paul on him I, i'm meaning basically based on his price like i still right. think he could be one of the higher scoring point cards at the position right. but I don't think he's going to put up a 60 spot with Chris Paul playing defense against them and that's for 10,000 plus or whatever they're asking for him now um you know that's why I would say I'm off him. because if he puts up 40 which is still a pretty monster game uh-huh. at $10,400 he's not keeping you on pace to really have a big score so when we say like you know we don't like Steph Curry I still think Steph puts up a bunch of points and a bunch of assists and gets his couple steals and right. rebounds and everything else I just don't think he has a big enough game to pay off his salary with Chris Paul being the guy that's defending him
2: right and I expect the salary to go up from 10 to, uh, uh on Monday there as well so we'll see how much of an adjustment that is. has I'm, I'm not going to fault anybody who ends up rostering Curry there as well he's like in like you said in Michael Jordan territory with that zone so he doesn't necessarily sometimes it just doesn't matter who's guarding him so I, I don't felt anybody who wants to take a GPP shot with him but I think you can yeah can have a better lineup set for cash games if you go in a different direction all right mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move on to the shooting guard position here Benny uh, what piques your interest for your top options today or Wednesday
3: I, I gotta be honest I don't really love Harden in this game uh Oladipo is a pretty good defender not that, again, not that Harden can't have a big game or won't have a big game. I just don't think I'd love him for a big upside game. The guy who I have been looking at, though, is uh, Eric Bledsoe, who, to me, just goes under-owned all the time. I fi- I feel like people just kind of hate on this guy a little bit, but he puts up numbers, man. He has a lot of times where he'll get fantasy games into the 40s and 50s. I don't know if I want to spend up for cash at the shooting guard position. But for a tournament, I am going to be trying to sneak some Bledsoe into my lineups, because I feel like he always has that huge upside.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense for me overall. The way I'm looking at this here is Bledsoe's 7,500. He has a chance to—I don't want to put him in the James Harden territory, because James Harden can, can go for 30 and some and 7 any single day, and Bledsoe's really not like a consistent— Ceiling guy for thirty point scores, but he is a Swiss Army knife. He's going to be in the six six uh, rebound range, five rebound range, six assist range. Is a good steals guy. Will get you a block shot. Can hit a three. Just not you don't get the same amount of scoring volume from him overall. But you have a much better chance um, to meet value at seventy five hundred. Do you have than you have at James Harden at ninety nine hundred for Monday's pricing? So mm-hmm. I, I like that play there as well. Now another guy that I want to sort of uh, get your take on here which is sort of polarizing to me is Bradley Beal. All right. Uh he tough matchup against San Antonio uh uh overall but we talked about the, the potential pace with him and John Wall, I believe Washington are they at home in this matchup? Um but, 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 they are at home. Um at, in this matchup there. So If you take a look at the sort of discount that you get, the shooting card position for Beal, is that enough to interest you, or are the Spurs just like a team that you're generally fading?
1: I I usually do try
3: to fade offensive players against the Spurs because they are a pretty good defensive efficiency team. One thing about Bradley Beal that I'm going to say is, to me, he's a guy that, in a good spot, I like to use in a cash game because he doesn't have a huge ceiling. And I think that a lot of the fact that he doesn't have a huge ceiling has to do with um, him not being a guy who really, you know, like we say a lot of times with with the shooting guard position, he doesn't really get a ton of assists. He'll get a couple every game, but he's not a guy who gets a big amount of them. He doesn't get a ton of rebounds. He's not a guy that's anywhere near a danger to get double-digit rebounds for you. So what you're really counting on with a guy like Bradley Beal is for him to have a big game scoring and a good game shooting and to add those three-pointers and get a couple extra bonus points there. So I feel like even when he has his good games, he doesn't have a huge ceiling, you know? So for Cash, when I think he's in a good spot, is usually when I'll try to roll out Bradley Beal. But I got to be honest, he's not a guy I play a ton. Although I do think that he could make some sense in this spot because he is playing a lot of minutes. And, again, getting paced up a little bit, his his numbers might be a little bit higher than they normally are. Um, you know, I think I could see him getting maybe just shy of, like, 30 fantasy points. What, what's his price right now? Is he in the fives or in the sixes?
2: Uh, I have to try to dig back to Sunday because he wasn't, I believe, They last didn't
3: play night. on Monday, yeah. yeah, yeah that's so... actually the problem I had, too. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, if he's in—if he's— you know, around
3: like 6k, I think it's a decent play. If he's much higher than 6k, I would be definitely off of him. If he's much lower than that, I definitely would think that he's an interesting option, but I would only use him in cash. I don't think he has the upside to really give you a, you know, 40 to 50 fantasy point game at that position. I would rather figure out a way to pay up for Bledsoe or to pay down to some of these cheaper guys that we'll talk about in a minute.
2: Uh, Bradley Hill, Bill, like the last game I believe was Sunday for them, and he was sixty two hundred, so low sixes. That's the part okay. that's ap- appealing to me. But the matchup, Spurs were as good as anybody in the league, defend allowing fantasy points to shooting guard position. So, like you said, there's just a cap, and there's really not a good GPP ceiling. So if you feel like it's a match for cash, fine. But I'm with you on the on the Spurs fate overall. Somebody I think I would probably rather pivot to here is Evan Fournier. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Evan Fournier. Uh, t- we're, we're in sneaky territory with him. I think he's what forty five hundred for for mm-hmm. Tuesday's pricing matched up against the turnstile known as James Harden on defense and you know that they play a ton with uh with a ton of pace there as well. I expect that total for them to be 205 plus. Would you agree with me there? 205 plus for Orlando versus Houston for tomorrow? Just take, taking yeah. a stab.
3: Yeah, I would think there's going to be a lot of points and you know, just to build on what you're saying about Fournier, it's like guys, go take a look at his game log before, you know, you you kind of dismiss this. He's been playing minutes, he's been getting shots, he took as many shots as anybody else in the last game. He's put up 30 plus fantasy points, I think, in back-to-back games, if I'm not mistaken, or, or, or very close to it. And again, like you know, like you just said, his price is below five thousand by a decent margin. So you're getting a guy below 5k who's gonna give you or, or very likely could give you 30 fantasy points in a paced up game. I mean, there's really no drawback to them like that.
2: Yeah. So, and now it, this is something I said on the 120 sports pop, uh, uh, spot there as well. Is it takes next to nothing. For him to pay off this price tag when he's getting when he if he's averaging twenty points a game, now, I'm not telling you he's a twenty point scorer, but that's what's been happening the the past couple of games in the slam. There's just been a lot of volume. Now, granted that one of those games was an overtime game or double overtime game, um, but you're still you don't need that much at all to pay off forty five hundred. and I don't expect too much of a price elevation from Tuesday to Wednesday, so um, I, I I'm fine using him in cash and GPP. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah,
3: I actually did well. There's another shooting guard who I'm looking at too, uh, but Fournier is definitely one of the two that I would use. The other guy, um, who I kind of want to get your opinion on, and I'll throw out my view on him real quick, is uh, Nick Stauskas from the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, and it has a lot to do with the fact that his price yesterday was 3,200. He's in the starting lineup. He's playing a lot of minutes, and not only is he playing a lot of minutes, but he's gunning. He's throwing up shots left and right on that in that in that offense. So if you're gonna get a guy like that for like 3,200, he very easy for him to get 20 points and pay off that salary, and also very easy for him to go well above that and give you some kind of a ceiling for for you know a price that cheap. I mean, he's a legitimate guy who can get you eight to ten times value maybe in this situation.
2: Yeah, 15 and four with an assist and a steal and, tw- and just play 28 minutes there as well. You expect the minutes to start to creep up there a little bit because they don't have a ton of options really um, in terms of shooting guards. Uh, if they're going to continue to use Robert Covington at the three, which looks like it's going to do. And we know that Brett Brown, mm-hmm. Brett Brown um, sort of endorsed Souskis as their starting two-guard. People don't know this, but Souskis is actually an underrated passer, he, so he'll contribute more than one assist per game uh, going forward if he if he continues to hold starters minutes. And he's a quality three-point shooter. He's not a lights-out guy, but this is basically what he was known for in college is good basketball IQ, underrated passer, and um, n- really no defense to speak of, but can shoot from outside. So I'm, I actually might even make a better case for him over Fournier because you're getting at him on DK at almost near minimum salary. GPP yeah, play for sure, and if he opens enough salary for you in cash games, I'm, I'm in on both.
3: Yeah, if he stays at around that like 32, 34, I mean what I want people to realize is the difference between 7 times value and 8 times value at 3,200 is one three-point shot. So every three-point shot that he makes is just one more time value if he gets you to 20. And for a guy that cheap who takes that many shots, if he has a big shooting night, like I said, he has the upside that he could get you 10 times value, and it wouldn't even be like, oh, man, that's crazy. Like, if he's 3,200, he can pull, you know, a game where he hits a bunch of threes from the outside, finishes with 22 points, adds two or three rebounds, two or three assists, maybe a steal or two, and that's 32 points for you right there. Like, that's... You know, there aren't many guys that are going to be able to do that, and he also gives you that savings where you can go up and get some big studs at other positions. And again, at a, at a position like shooting guard, where I think some of the expensive guys can make close to value but don't really have huge ceilings, you know, I'm okay with rolling him out there in basically every format on, uh, on Wednesday night.
2: I'm with you there as well. Now, the last guy I want to mention, too, in the same vein, at minimum salary as of Tuesday, and I don't know how long this is going to stick because it's basically tied to Terrence Jones being out of lineup, is Marcus Thornton going super gun mode. Um, mm-hmm. for for Houston, five of 14, 7 rebounds. There, it's an underrated rebounder for a small two guard. He's a two guard. He's a point. He's a two guard in a point guard size body, but he will definitely crash boards and he has the propensity to get hot from from beyond the arc and make trays uh, rain. Now, having said that, I think he's GPP only because he's so streaky in terms of uh, value, and you have you know James Harden who and Dwight Howard back in the lineup uh, there as well. So I'm willing to take a take a flyer on him at minimum salary for 3K. Are you with me for GPPs?
3: Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that in a tournament. Again, you know, this is a guy that, you know, one more three-pointer is the difference between seven and eight times value. You know, one one steal and on a dunk gives him, you know, two times his value right there to start off with. So with these min price guys, if they're going to be getting the minutes and they can put up stats in more than one category... Yeah. You know they're they're almost guys that you have to roll with when you get a chance.
2: He's a super heat checker. That's all you need to really know about Marcus Thornton. Oh, he, yeah. the Kings gave him a big contract because he, you know, um, played lights out um, after they traded for him at the deadline, and sort of you know he's he's a uh, you know a lightning bottle in terms of offensive ability, but he doesn't do a ton else except for. Uh, above average rebound from shooting guard position. So it makes him a perfect GPP play. If he doesn't hit, really only costs you 3 k and it might mean he's probably not going to be the reason you uh, like lose your GPP or don't cash, but he can be the reason why you go deep if he gets hot. All right, we're going to flip over to the small forward position, but before we do that, uh, beloved pod listeners, want to let you know that if you aren't subscribing to Rotowire.com, you should be subscribing to rotorwire.com now. And if you want to know where uh, Benny and I get, uh, get some of our best plays, we have access to the DFS optimizer that is available for football as well for NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and for college football. Uh, for uh, RotoWire, for um, for FanDuel, if you are playing DFS and you're looking for um, some you know optimal lineups, some projections on a daily basis, rankings in terms of DFS, um, you know, look for, for FanDuel and the like. All available on RotoWire.com. You can get a free ten-day day trial now all you have to do is go to uh, rotowire.com slash pod uh you get up to the minute depth charts customizable league projections for you season longers and you also get complete draft kit access online and in magazine format for nfl nba baseball and nhl so make sure you check that out that's rotowire.com slash pod you Get your 10-day free trial to, for subscription access and access to all the dfs lineup optimizers over at rotowire all right benny sh- uh, small forward position it's time to dig in here. Uh, what do you got it for cash and GPP?
3: Um, basically, the guy who I have been building around until his price comes up. So I got to see what his price is. You know, when they come out, is your boy Giannis on Um
2: <laughs> Close, so yeah, close. He's now. How did I mess it up this time? A tent and kumpo. It's like 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 a tent, and then a kumpo. So like right. you're sleeping so in a tent, a kumpo.
3: Okay, so the Greek freak. Let's we'll just leave it that way. It's easy, all right? So it's he's more entertaining
2: to see you just chop it up like a I'm, I,
3: By the end of the season, that's my goal is to say his name right. Okay. Um, But, yeah, to me, he's he's a guy that, based on his price, based on the fact that he contributes literally across the board, fills up the stat sheet in every single category. You know, he's not a great scorer. Like, people look and see when he has these big scoring games. It's mostly just dunks and finishing stuff and getting getting to the rim. But, again, he's so athletic that he can do that. Uh, with the injuries that they had, he, he even can see some time. I mean, he is literally one of those guys who can guard just about any position on the floor. So he gets himself a lot of time. He's seeing a lot of minutes on that Milwaukee team, which is something you usually don't see on a, you know, Jason Kidd team. He kind of gives everybody like 20-something minutes. You know, um, Greek Freak, one of the few guys who gets a little bit more. So I definitely like him if his price stays down there. Of the guys up at the top end, though, that's where I had a little bit of trouble. I think the guy who I would probably pay up the most for in this situation, I'm not really on LeBron and Carmelo going up in that matchup against each other. It was kind of deciding between Kevin Durant and Paul George would be the guy I think I would pay up for, one of those two. I don't like Leonard in a game against Washington with a slower pace. Um, You know The the other guy who I do like that we'll talk about in a minute is uh, Rudy Gay. And again, last year when DeMarcus Cousins was out, You know, you got some really big scoring games out of Rudy Gay because he basically takes the offensive load on his shoulders when Cousins isn't in there. So until Cousins comes back sometime later on in the week or the beginning of next week, I think you can look at Rudy Gay in almost every one of these spots thinking that he's going to get an uptick in usage.
2: Yeah, you know, the um, people may not realize this, but the Kings are actually number one in pace. Um, in their in their backcourt last season, uh, as well. So they they really pushed the pace um, once George George Carl got into the roster, and Rudy Gay was a monster who was going six six x plus on the on the price tag uh, whenever he was whenever DeMarcus Cousins was out of the lamp. So very affordable. I believe he's what seven um, k ish um, if I'm correct. Let me see if I can get to the Saturday pricing uh at the small forward uh rudy K 7500 so it's a full like 12 to 12k or 1200 plus off of carmelo and and lebron uh for for example so there's some serious opportunity uh for you there and then just taking a look at sort of how it shakes out defensively too are you concerned about anything anybody really in terms of what phoenix has to offer uh on defense i don't really necessarily uh like overly concerned about uh that aspect of it uh, of as well so you should see a good to- total P.J. tucker is, is a is a is a plus defender but I don't really think that he's like uh, somebody that Rudy Gay needs to be worried about if Rudy Gay is going to take 25 and shots. He's,
3: I mean, I don't think, what's Tucker? Like 6'5", isn't Gay a little bit taller than that anyway, so yeah. he'll be able to shoot over him. And even if he couldn't shoot over him, yeah. it's not going to stop him from shooting without Cousins in there. Tucker
2: is 6'6", and Rudy Gay is 6'9". Nine, nine okay, so and, there you go. So
3: he you know, he can shoot over the top of them. And again, like I said, without Cousins in there, you know he he's going to be taking as many shots as he can as he can take. It's it's what we saw him do last year, so it's what I'm assuming he's going to do this year as well. And you know even if he just makes a couple of them, remember there's no penalty on DraftKings for missed shots. Right. Um. You know even on FanDuel there's no going penalty away. for missed shots. Mm-hmm. So if a guy's throwing up thirty, there's only upside to that because it's just going to be thirty chances for him to score fantasy points if they go in.
2: Yeah. So and so. By the way, for all PJ Tucker's supposed defensive prowess, they, they were just um, looks like what 17th in the league in fantasy points allowed to the uh, um, small forward position. So below league average is what it was is what it comes down to. So nothing to fear really with the rep- supposed defensive reputation of PJ Tucker. I think he is a decent defender, but uh, he's also six six, like you said. Mm-hmm. So the um, sliding here down here. We did, we talked about your boy Rodney Hood. Can you make a case for him on Wednesday as well? I
3: mean, again, it depends on price. If he stays at 3900 like he was, then yeah, you can because he's seeing the minutes. You know, he's get, he's getting like a tick below 30 minutes. But, mm-hmm. again, for a guy who's under $4,000, what do you need out of him? 20, 24 points? I think he can get you that if he stays that cheap. Uh, another guy who's been doing well but I don't really like this matchup for him is on the other side of that game in Al Farouk Aminu.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, he's been putting up some pretty good numbers. His price was below five k over on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. But...
2: He's actually got the one defensive matchup that I think that you want if you're going to mm-hmm. play Utah Jazz and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's the one guy who is like probably a negative defender on that team and everybody else is probably is, you know, plus to to, you know, um plus more in, in yeah. terms of defensive ability. So,
3: yeah. But in in that matchup though, I mean, I think if Amina's going to do anything, it's going to have to be like rebounding, weak side rebounding against Hayward because even if he does beat Hayward off the dribble, which again, it's not like he's a guy who you really love him putting the ball on the floor and going to the hole and making things happen. You still got to finish against, you yeah, know, it's all Hayward's going to do and, is
2: just like filter down to go bear in favors. Right. You know what I exactly. mean? Like exactly. shade him to the baseline, make sure he doesn't shoot over him and like dare uh, I Amino mean, to put it on the floor, which is like a bad idea. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, on the other side of that too, I probably wouldn't mind just um, stepping up a bit to Tobias Harris there against Houston. Like we said, Houston's, you know, with, with uh, the pace that they play at, um, you know, like you, like you always like to say, paced up is what you can sort of expect from, um, from there overall. And um one side note that I want to mention too with the with the Phoenix and, Sacra, and Sacramento matchup there as well. We like the total for reference for the Kings on the road in LA was two sixteen, which is insane. All right, but yeah. you're going to see like in upwards of two ten plus all season long with Sacramento. Rajon Rondo is you know trying to like get the ball inbounded to him at half court if he can <laughs> you know, so he can get the ball up the court every single time. They, they're shoving it down the other team's throat on the offensive end there, and they're playing super fast trying to transition. So you're going to always be able to, like, get some fantasy goodness on both sides of the ball, either either side of that matchup, unless you have, you know, a slow-down team like Memphis, uh, who the Kings happen to be playing, I think, today or tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, something else to, 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 to keep in mind um, in, in those spots. Not a lot of once you get down past uh, Alpha Rucomino, if you're if you're gonna go up to like Tobias Harris there for uh, a few hundred dollars more, then that's sort of where I, I think we have to draw the line. There isn't really too many like sneaky sneaky options. I, I like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, but not against Atlanta on the road. And I would prefer that he actually gets starters minutes rather than trying to get him upwards of thirty minutes off the bench. So, are you with me? It's sort of the bottom is just like a, like an all around fade for Wednesday.
3: Yeah, I actually have written down here, um, not a good idea to go cheap at small four. Is what I have written at. But the... like, I have a couple guys that I
2: like that we talked about. Right.
3: And then underneath it, there's literally in big letters and asterisks that says, "Not a good idea to go cheap." Here.
2: <laughs> okay, so we're like a hundred percent in lockstep at small <laughs> four. We, I think we're we're in and on, on most of the same options. Yeah. And we're not. I mean, unless
3: unless there's an injury tonight that opens something up for somebody, right. I just I don't see anybody down there who's worse, no. who can get you that even even at a three or. A th- 4k price that can really get you that upside yeah you know other than maybe like a you know like we said a hood or an aminu if they're that cheap
2: right everybody else below that sort of is like in a backup role and they're low priced and they're low priced for good reason because they're pretty garbage mm-hmm. all right top options at power forward today we've got some some big names and then actually some a few uh, value options that we can sort of make a case for so where are you at here
3: um there's a couple guys that i actually like i have been rolling a lot of Nerlens noel it might be an unhealthy amount, but so far it's been very healthy for my bankroll. So I'm not going to go away from that. Uh, there's really not a lot on Milwaukee that scares me. I don't think Greg Monroe is a very good defender if he's the guy who's there. Sometimes he plays the, you know, the five. If they have like maybe a, you know, Giannis in there at at the four, that might scare me a little. But Noel is a guy that literally just, you know finds ways to put up fantasy points. He gets you a whole bunch of steals, which is something you don't get from most power forwards. He's rebounding pretty well. He he's diving to the basket and running the floor really well. So he's getting to finish some of those easy baskets. You know, a lot of his points come on dunks. And you know what? That's fine. They still count the same amount as a guy who, you know, worked real hard and hit a really nice pull up with his foot on the three point line. So I'll take the points any way that I can get him. He's putting up some points on the board. He's putting up some rebounds. He's a guy that can get you like two or three steals and two or three blocks. And, um, you know, if you add that together, you get two or three steals, two or three blocks, that's like 10 fantasy points right by itself over there. And his price is a little bit below some of the guys on the top end. So I've been rolling him out there a lot. Uh, another guy who I like to use a lot in cash is Paul Millsap. He's just very consistent. You know, again, I, we talked about it before where for a tournament, I don't really love him because I don't think he has any upside. But for Cash, I love him because his floor just seems to be so safe. He probably plays the most minutes of anybody on the uh, Atlanta team, especially in the backcourt. You know, he's definitely, I mean, in the frontcourt, he's definitely in there a lot more than, you know, Horford is. He usually plays the lion's share of the minutes there. And he's just like a safe 35 to 40 points for me, which is, you know, something that I'll take any day of the week in my Cash games and just plug him in.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there as one. I think we have the same situation at Small Forward, but actually even worse at Power Forward, where I I tried to make a case for a number of like deep home run plays, and everybody's game log or you know minutes or just sort of roll opportunity have sort of just gone to wasteland. There so I think actually the the lowest I'm actually willing to slow down to to roll down to is actually sounds crazy, but it's the Marcus Aldridge who's had his price dip down to seventy three hundred after he had back to back. Um, like eleven and ten point games to open the season, then comes back with twenty four and fourteen, and then you know not as a not as exciting nineteen and six, um, in in um, thirty two minutes for the Spurs. But I, right now, the, Marcus Aldridge was one of the guy who was like perennially priced as the as a top power forward option, like in Blake Griffin, um, just below Anthony Davis territory, and you're getting a serious serious discount on at him on him. On DraftKings for Wednesday, and it, um, is a matchup against Washington, which you know you don't like the pace of it, but nobody's ever scared about Chris Humphreys being a lockdown defender, spe- particularly against Lamarcus Aldridge. So I think you're in a good sh- you're, you're in a good spot overall. And um, are you willing to roster him for cash and GPP?
3: I mean, I basically I haven't really been using Aldridge this year. And I think it has a little bit to do with the fact that he's on the Spurs now. And I just, I I don't play guys against the Spurs. And very often I just don't play guys on the Spurs. The one exception to that rule for me is really Kawhi Leonard. Uh, But everybody else I feel like, and and it's not a knock on them. I mean, I'm I'm a basketball fan, you know, as well as a DFS player. I love watching them play. I love the way they play. I love the fact that they're unselfish and they share the ball. But for DFS, I don't want an unselfish player. I want the guy who's going to hog the ball. I want the guy who's going to take all the shots. I want the guy who's going to put up all the fantasy points. And I don't see him at, as one of those guys. Um, I think dollar not for, this year, at least.
2: Dollar for dollar, you probably have to play Narland's Noel at 6,900 over Lamarcus Aldridge. But I will say this like if I'm talking about overall ceiling, and I, I, I think I actually need to mix in Lamarcus Aldridge for GPPs at this offense, because he could be a 30-point scorer. And that just because you play on the Spurs doesn't mean you can't score 30. We've seen Kawhi Leonard go off in these oh, yeah. spots. Does
3: yeah. Like I said, Kawhi does it all the time. I've seen it. I need to see Aldridge do it. One thing I really like about Aldridge is he has the second-highest usage rate of any power forward that's in the NBA right now. The only guy who has a higher usage rate than him is Blake Griffin. Um, so you know that he touches the ball as you know, basically all the time when he's in the game and he has a lot of chances to score points, but he also plays a few less minutes than a lot of the other guys at the power forward spot. And I think being kind of the new guy on a successful team, he's not as aggressive. In my opinion, the two games that I've seen them play, he hasn't been as aggressive as he was in Portland. Like in Portland, when the ball got to him, if he wanted to shoot, he was going to shoot. I feel like now he's He's just kind of more content being one of the guys at the moment. At some point this season, when he gets a little more comfortable, I think he'll get back to that old role, but I don't think that he's there yet on this team. I think he's still trying to feel out what his role should be with the Spurs team
2: right now. All right, I think that makes a lot of sense for me. I, I, I do do, I just... Talking about how I want to mix up my lineup here in GPPs, I want some. Sh- I want a share or two of Lamarcus Aldridge because so I just think the ceiling's there, and I think you also need to pay attention to Kevin Love, who's similarly priced to like mm-hmm. last game's action, priced at uh seventy five hundred, so just a two hundred dollar uptick, but he is getting shots uh, out there in in Cleveland, um, fifteen and eight with two assists, and you know, he's contributing. In in different categories, two assists, five assists, three assists, four assists through the first four games of the season. Has has three blocks and has double-digit rebounds of 13 and 14 in two of those matchups there as well. And I like the fact that. Um, LeBron James has mentioned that they want, want to run the offense through him, so as long as he's going to sit in that mid-7K range and Aldridge sits in this mid-7K range, I'm going to tell you right now, when these prices get adjusted and we're a month into the season, neither of these guys are going to, you're going to be able to get at, at 7K uh, right mm-hmm. now. So there's some opportunity for you there to uh, take advantage. Um, any cheapies over at Power 4 that we can sort of get into before we uh, move on to center?
3: I mean, you kind of summed it up before, like, Merlin's yeah. Noel is probably as cheap as I'm going to go.
2: Me too. Yeah. Um, I just can't I, I, do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe Terrence Jones might be a little bit cheaper if I knew that he was going to play and, and see minutes. And I never like know.
2: to play them off the injury, though, because you don't yeah. know if they're going to get – they almost never get 30 minutes, uh, you know what I mean, the first time. Yeah. They,
3: well, see, I mean, the thing, the thing with him, though, is, like, I would completely agree with you if it was, like – some kind of body part that was injured. You know what I mean? But, like, the reason he's been out was basically a laceration above his eye. So it's not like it's a conditioning thing. Like, it's not like they got to worry about his hamstring tightening up or, you know, they don't want to put too much pressure on his knee or something. Like, physically, he's fine. He just, you know, has the laceration above his eye, which I'm sure hurts him and, you know, and all that. Like, like, physically, he probably doesn't feel all that fine with it. But, you know, athletically speaking, it's not something that should affect his... Running or jumping or anything like that, so yeah. I think it would be easier in that situation to just roll out there and play your normal minutes. Yeah,
2: I, I, you're probably right. He did play 28 minute, minutes in the first game, in the second game he played 18 minutes and got injured. I just want to see him be able to see the ball well and put the ball in the bucket because he needs his eyes to shoot. So, um, yeah, I'll true. be I'll be a little bit cautious with it. Just give me a game. If he looks good, you know, and plays upwards of 28 plus minutes, you're you got value at 6100. But I don't think you can really. On, on, like realistically, drop below that and um, really divide value. It feels like you're just going to set money on fire at Power Forward if you if you go below that.
3: Yeah, I mean Nerlands Noel, well, like I said, is as as, as low as I. Yeah, am I'm really drawing the line at this point. Yeah,
2: and the funny thing too is Nerlands Noel well is cash and GPP option in, in, or eligible in my mind for Wednesday slate, and we're we're talking about the bottom priced guy.
3: Yeah, like if he's if he's seven, below 7,000 again, I think he's definitely somebody you can roll back out there. He's been putting up good numbers.
2: Yeah, it's a multi-category stuffer. And when you, you talk about bonuses that are like, you know, for double-doubles and, uh, you know, rebounds and stuff like that and block shots that you get on DK, it's you love a guy like Nerns Noel at where he's priced right now. All right before we move on to the center position, I, we want to let you know that if you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, "I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team," but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to. Well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges for players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Melo, Kristaps um, Porzingis versus uh, Anthony Davis. If you feel good about it, you probably shouldn't. Uh, but or Trout versus Arod, for example, creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges is even easier. No halftime challenges can be private or public, and created for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fancy su- supremacy awaits you. Visit nohalftime.com for more information and and to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code RotoWire at signup. That's no halftime with a fancy sports season. Never ever ever takes a break now that we are back from our break Benny let's go ahead and hammer the final position out center position who's going to be holding down the center spot for you tonight
3: um well I really like uh Jahil Okafor too which makes me a little nervous because for some reason I can't stop rostering all these Philadelphia 76ers (laughs) this year but this is the guy who has the highest usage rate at the center position at 30 percent which um you know we we I throw that thing around a lot. So let me kind of explain to people a little bit about what usage rate is. Um, Basically usage rate is a measure of how often a guy touches the ball in his team's offense when they're on the, you know, the offensive end of the floor. So obviously the more times a guy touches the ball, it doesn't mean he's taking 30% of their shots or anything like that. But the more that a guy touches the ball, the more opportunity he's going to have, you know, to put up some positive numbers. And when you look at the guys with the high usage rate, It also usually means that they're one of the first options in the offense. And any time that Philly has the ball, if they can get the ball inside to Okafor in a one-on-one situation, they've been doing so lately. Now, he didn't have a very good rebounding game in the last game, but he still almost made value on points. He was only like $6,100. And, I mean, he almost scored the 30 points that he needed to kind of give you a good floor value for him. So at six thousand, if he stays down there, he's a thousand fifteen eighteen hundred dollars less than most of the guys above him, who are other guys that I would consider. And he has the, to me, he has such a good upside at only six thousand dollars that I would be safe rolling him out in cash, and I would even not mind rolling him out in a GPP as well. So Okafor to me is definitely somebody who's on my radar. Also like Vucevic in this spot um, against Houston, if. If Dwight Howard is out, but even if Howard's playing, he hasn't been really playing a ton of minutes. But if you're going to get a matchup of like Vucevic against Chris Capella, uh, I think you got to kind of roll with that one as well. And then the one other guy who I've been looking at a little bit is Al Horford. Again, it kind of depends on price, but I just think that he's in a pretty good spot here against Brooklyn. I expect this game to kind of stay close, so I think he'll play a few more minutes. I think uh, you know it's a pretty soft matchup against Brooke Lopez who I've never been impressed with on a defensive end. He's mostly an offensive player to me. Should, and he's also yeah. he's also not a great rebounder. So I think Horford could have a pretty good game against Lopez here.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh jo- Okafor is a guy that you, you just take a look at where he's getting priced at. It's he shouldn't ne- be anywhere near 6k 6100 against Cleveland. 24 you don't I don't know what happened with the rebounds here. he's a, he's, he's rebounding like a guard. So far, just three rebounds there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but then, you know, then he had just the the game that we talked about. Just for those of you who haven't bought into the don't play fancy players against Utah, 10.6 rebounds in 36 minutes on Mm -hmm. 33% shooting. Uh, so there's there's your answer there on anybody who wants to go up against that front line, and then uh, he gets the, uh, the 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 Boston Celtics a much more favorable matchup to open the season twenty six and seven. So he's playing like somebody who should be priced well above seven k in my mind. You would you would agree with that as well, right?
3: Oh yeah, well that I mean that's the reason why I I've been drawn to him first at sixty one hundred. Yeah, he's he's able to put up numbers that's going to mm-hmm. give me. Five, six, and he has the upside of seven times, eight times value.
2: All right, and so um, I'm with you there. Okafor cash game eligible, um, GPP eligible uh, as well. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm in. Um, I'm here in here with you against Fuchivitz against um, Clint Acapella. You know, if you he, he might sing a good tune, but other than that, it's probably not somebody <laughs> <laughs> you really. Are going to be worried worried about that's going to be a good matchup for Vucevic who's who usage percentage among centers to me or just overall minutes and production is going to have to be high all season long I think they got rid of Kyle O'Quinn, who was a legitimate like four slash good backup five now they just have Jason Smith behind him and you, if you've ever seen Jason Smith it's like you know a t- uh, a center or power forward trapped in a in a shooting guard's body he always just wants to shoot in like a, he doesn't even want to shoot a three every time he wants to shoot a twenty footer which is worse. You know, yeah. which concerns me about his like basketball IQ. You want to shoot the hardest two possible, but you don't want to shoot a three. I uh, I don't get it. But um, yeah. So there's uh my endorsement along with you on Vucevic. Those are two my two lock options at center. Uh, my stock place for for you know for cash and uh, the majority of my GPs. I would like to offer you at minimum salary, good sir, uh, Mr. Willie Kolya. Yep, Stein. I knew you were gonna say it. Yes,
3: yes. I can't I can't argue it. Without the Marcus Cousins,
2: yeah, you know, I can't argue. I'm not. He, I'm not going to put him in there. You have to look there. Right. right. You have to. He's going to get minutes, uh, for for sure. Uh, overall, and um, if you saw what he did against the Lakers, you're a little bit encouraged. The, here's the other thing too. Uh, we we've talked about this over and over, and we're just going to hammer it home all season. Okay, Benny, what do you need to pay off three K? What do you need to pay off a minimum salary? Like
3: 18, 20 points yeah well for a gpp for a gpp you need about 15 if you're using a guy in cash
2: right so here here we go like in real fantasy box score numbers eight and eight you're there right am i right yeah. eight and eight you're home you've gotten your value off of 3k you have you have successfully paid off that price tag with eight points and eight rebounds and that's not with a single block or a single um steal or anything else that he potentially does he's got nine rebounds in back to back games he has four blocks and four steals on the season so he's not just you know put getting putbacks and rebounds he does other he's a he's a good defender i'm going to tell you right now like he's you can like I don't know if it's you know how long it's going to take, but eventually we're going to be talking about Willie Cauley-Stein in like Tyson Chandler and DeAndre Jordan territory in terms of, and you know those guys have been two of the biggest centers who've got some of the fattest contracts because of mm. their athleticism.
3: I I would like to to talk about them more in Tyson Chandler terms because Tyson Chandler a couple years ago was a very good defensive center to me. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan's defensive capabilities at center is something that we could argue an entire podcast about. It's overrated. Have, He's, overrated. He's overrated. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's a weak side yeah. block defender he's a and volleyball player
2: man he's yes. yeah you know what i mean yeah. it's like I it's those, like flashy blocks that he like smacks mm-hmm. against the glass but then mm-hmm. you look up at the box score or if you pay attention to the fantasy numbers like you and i are digging into every single day you see that he's given up like the fifth worst uh fifth, yes. fifth most and, amount and, of points and, and, to that's, most... and that's
3: what drives me nuts is that people talk about how great a defender he is right. but meanwhile everybody that goes up against them has a O- outsized game from what they normally average.
2: Yeah, real centers, monster centers, eat him up inside in the post. <laughs> Demarcus Cousins, um, you know, feasts him, feasts on him for lunch. Pagasol, no problem scoring against DeAndre Jordan. So like so, quality grade centers get their twenty and ten, like no problem against DeAndre Jordan. So, but we, I'm with you. We don't even need to debate it because we're on the same side. Okay, perfect. Okay, so yeah, and I'm with you. Willie Collestein to me, like, for frame and, like, his ability to is probably, a, like, a better comp to Tyson Chandler than, than actual DeAndre Drone. I'm just sort of – those are the guys that get mentioned when you're talking about athletic centers, you know, yeah. who, who people No, like but, like,
3: like, like to me, Tyson Chandler was a legitimate defensive presence in the middle of that, you know, that defense. And I think that – and it's it's, a, it's basically a compliment to Stein. Like, I think that he can be that kind of a guy. He can be a guy who – you know, can be a rim protector, can clean a glass for you that people are literally going to think twice about challenging him at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, like Deandre Jordan, like I said, he's a, he's a weak side defender. He gets the blocks that show up on, you know, sports center and people are like, Oh man, that guy's a nasty defensive player, but you one-on-one in the post, he gets schooled all the time.
2: Right. Um, so, I'm um, um, so we're in, in lockstep with those sort of, you know, pieces of analysis and how we feel about those guys. Um, I think you can make a case for Gortat at 6K, but he's really just like if you want to use him for cash. There's never, there's hardly ever like 20 point upside on a consistent basis. Like the best you got out of him, like maybe last season, I'm I'm just flipping through box scores here. On um, um he had one big game last year where he had like in an... 23 and 14 with three assists, is what I see. You know. Yeah,
3: and well, there was also one where he had, and it might have even been the same game where he had like five or six blocks too. It was it was just like a fluky thing. Like he had a ton of blocks and he wound up with like a really good score. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. He's normally a guy that gets you right around value, kind of a safe floor, like yeah. more more of a cash game. You want play. a boring
2: cash game play? than play Gortat. Yeah, but exactly. But... Yeah.
3: Um. One other guy I'm gonna mention, and it has a lot to do with who's in and who's out. But uh. You know, a festivus for the rest of us, early last night. Really? You know, he put up like thirty something fantasy points at. You know, basically min price. So if Bogut's still out, and um, you know he's going to be seeing the kind of minutes that he's been okay. seeing lately. Yes. He's another guy you can. Bogut look
2: has to be out. Is yes. Is the key oh, without a doubt. Point. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No. If if Bogut's in, it, just forget I even said anything. Right.
2: Okay. Well, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can make that, that's that's point about minimum salary. Yes. Go ahead and give it to me. And you know what? The funny thing too with with him too. Like the damage that he did was still only in twenty minutes, because I mean, Memphis, um, you know, laid down. And, uh, I, I bet.
3: Did you? Say, I was. I honestly started watching a little bit of that game and I just turned it off. I'm like, this is getting
2: ugly. Like, it, I what
3: did it to finish fifty. Uh, one
2: one nineteen sixty nine. Here, Jesus here's Christ. the thing too. Like, um. Like, 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 they went they went to, down to, like, the bottom of the roster. Like, Curry could have scored 60 in this game. But he decided to be merciful and only score yeah. 30.
3: So and, and honestly, he didn't even have a really good first half. Like, most of that was in, what was it, the third quarter where it just went, like, yeah. 20-something points just went off. That
2: game reminded me of, like, when you play your brother on NBA 2K. And, you know, and it's like, he, you've been playing 2K, like, all year long. And he's, like, you're trying to teach him. So end that the score ends up 119 to 69 because he doesn't yep. know what he's doing. That's what that game reminded me of like every quarter they had another 10 15 points to the lead really, really now, what do you
3: what do you think that says about Memphis this year because I mean, I don't think it really says anything about Golden State. We know they're really good, but what do you think that game says about Memphis? Do you think that you know it says more like golden state is juggernaut or do you think it says more like memphis isn't as good as we might have thought they could be
2: no memphis is going to do what they always do cuz they have cuz of the great of defensive players they have and they've kept they kept their entire core intact which is like they're going to defend well they're going to p- compete hard and they're going to keep the score down and you know do the same thing that they're going to grind people all season long they just they're, they're like the utah jazz you know, of of old, of of you know of the Jordan years. When you get down to it, you don't have enough firepower to compete with the absolute best uh, in the game. You know, and you know even and that's the difference. in The, the Utah Jazz. The difference is they had one of the greatest point guards and made one of the best power forwards of all time, but you know their point guard wasn't a monster scorer, so he wasn't able to you know keep up. And you know so they're basically up to like Carl Malone and how how lucky Byron Russell can get. That's sort of the same situation too. It's like you need Jeffrey to just like go otherworldly alongside Marcus, soul and Conley for them to have any shot against the, the like the top top tier the division. So they'll be somewhere between four and eight again, and you know, be, a, be somebody's doormat in the second round. So, yeah, gra- congratulations to them. The people are, like thought they were like legitimate when they whether they go up like two zero or something on the Warriors or two one or something like that. You know, I was like. Not worried. Okay, if you watch Curry, he's this is like the worst he's ever shot in a, mm-hmm. in a playoff game, and you know that that's that those sort of streaks never last. He's going to end up burying them. And you know he had the, yeah. like the biggest game five um, of his career up to that point. You know before he got into the finals. I so.
1: see. I just think
3: like my biggest problem with Memphis is they don't have any offensive firepower. That's, like they don't yeah, have yeah exactly. You know yeah they they don't have that guy that can. You know, like who's their go-to player in the clutch? Is it Zebo? Is it you know? You know what yeah, I mean? This is like the they don't problem they, have the they guy had to... when they got G8. rid
2: of Rudy Gay too is yeah. Like, you know, like people are like, oh Rudy Gay, like negative defender, takes too many shots, only shooting forty percent too. Like Memphis needs this guy. I don't. I know you guys don't like. Maybe you need him to talk him into taking better shots or you know do something offensively so he doesn't like you know ISO for for, for eighteen seconds and then take a fadeaway twenty footer. I understand like the com- the complaints about Rudy Gay, but you just shipped away a Team USA grade score and you haven't got any farther in the playoffs.
3: So, yeah. well, that I mean, especially in the playoffs, you need a guy sometimes who you can just give the ball to and say, "Go ahead, and go ahead and make something happen right. for me, buddy." Yeah. And they don't they don't have that guy on their offense. It's you know, in close games you know with the way they want to play you need a guy like that in close games you know like like Kawhi Leonard kind of does that for the Spurs you know where they'll just kind of give him the ball and ask him to make some big plays and he does it yeah. i just i don't see it happening for uh they don't, you know i don't see it happening for Memphis yeah. right now they just don't have that guy
2: if i was like John Hollinger seriously honestly i would be like packaging up some of these more attractive parts that they they think that they have they have some worth to like and even Conley uh, which it sounds like it's blasphemy, and then t- just trying to go get g- go go get like a uh, Demar Derozan or a guy like you know yeah. like s- somebody who can f- who can fill it up for twenty five. They don't have a twenty five point score on their roster. He doesn't exist, no. and that's no. the issue that they have. Like the 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 Warriors have three, you know they have one who's potentially on the bench and Iguodala if you you know if you gave him enough shots. So. Mm-hmm. That's the problem they have, they're always going to have. So, the, w- welcome to doormat status for eternity until Hollinger figures it out. Maybe he doesn't. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Roto IDFS podcast brought to you by nohalftime.com. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher uh, for your download and convenience. And be sure to give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. And check me out as well at Josh FS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.